Hey, lovelies. I know we always discuss all things questionable, odd, and eerie, but this topic may get a little too intense for some of our listeners. So, listener discretion is advised. Hello! And welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Why did you look so concerned? I almost forgot to come again. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a personal record. (laughs) And on that note. Um, (laughs) Hi, ladies. Hi. (laughs) How is everybody? Good. How are your New New Year's resolutions going? Based on the gigantic box of candy that we just received. Great. Beautiful. There was no meat in that candy. So mine's going well so far. (laughs) Uh, I don't. Oh, what vegetarian not <laughs> uh, vegan yeah 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 but you know all is fine so now that we started off on a beautifully light happy moment y'all want to get dork oh dang it <laughs> did you say dark or dork because the answer is yes yes it's real dork <laughs> hey guys future rebecca here just wanted to remind everyone that we have an apple podcast giveaway happening to enter make sure you leave a rating review and send us a screenshot of your review to enter and that's it the contest is going to run until january 28th at which point we will draw a winner so make sure you get your reviews in all right back to the show I'm real nervous, but yes, let's do this. You know, gotta start off the year with the bang. Here, I'm covered in glitter. I'm okay with going a little dark because it'll just like shine in different shades. I'm ready. Henry Lewis Wallace was born on November 4th, 1965 in Barnwell, South Carolina. He was the son of Lottie Mae Wallace and his father walked out on his mom when he found out she was pregnant. Pause. Do you guys ever... I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going real far today. Um, Ten pages. I'll be quick. Whenever somebody starts a topic, do you ever like race to see if you know the subject before other people do? Ashley, yes. You, not usually. Okay. Well. (laughs) What, if you know my subject? Yeah. Do you think you know my subject? I don't, but I've been like racking my brain since you started talking. Since the first sentence (laughs) that I've tried to get through thrice now? It's like a serial killer. I am holding my hand like I'm a psychic. Psychic. So I'm... I'm, 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 She's I'm a re- profiler right now. All right. So dad up and left him because he's a jerk. Are we good? Yep. Can mm-hmm. I go to sentence two now? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Please do. His mother worked long hours as a textile worker. His childhood home had no indoor plumbing or electricity. And his mother was known to be a harsh disciplinarian, constantly criticizing her son for the smallest mistakes. Spoiler alert. This guy turns out to not do such good things. Oh, my God. <laughs> what what gave that away? Wallace's state-appointed psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go see me one of them psychiatrists. I have an appointment on Tuesday. <laughs> we- oh, dude. <laughs> you cannot make fun of me for suede science ever again. No, because that was misspeaking, not like actually not knowing how to pronounce the word. Atmethyst. Atmethyst. Tupac. Whatever. 
Wallace's state-appointed psychiatrist during his trial told jurors a mother who would sometimes force her son and daughter to beat each other with a switch. His mother and sister would dress him as a little girl and parade him around the neighborhood. He witnessed a gang rape at the age of seven. Oh my god, Ashley, this is dark. <laughs> she gave us fair warning. This got, this got real dark. It's okay. Not, it's gonna be real dark. You, you okay. are a star. You're covered in glitter. You are literally fine. your happy place. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In a Christmas shirt, nonetheless. Resume. Despite his tough upbringing, he attended Barnwell High School, where he was very popular, and he was even elected to student council and was one of the head cheerleaders. Get it, boy. Many people didn't like the idea of a male cheerleader and bullied him for it, but he stayed on. He graduated on time in 1983, and soon after graduation, he became a DJ for a local radio station in Barnwell, where he got the night night name nickname <laughs> of Night Rider because of his smooth voice. Oh, so that's what you guys can start calling me from now on. I already do, baby. <laughs> He was caught stealing records from the radio station and was fired after a short time of working there. He tried to go to several colleges before joining the U.S. Navy in 1985, where he stayed until 1988, before he was kicked out for criminal misconduct in Washington State, where he was stationed. While he was in the Navy, he married his high school sweetheart, Marietta Brabham, in 1987. It's a good name. Brabham? No, Marietta. <laughs> I just thought you Georgia. would appreciate Brabham. Oh, bra, bum, <laughs> got it. I'm here. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here. I'm like, who is this? But it literally sounds like every, every serial killer. killer. Yeah. Again, burglary, burglary <laughs> pr- proved his undoing. He was dismissed from the Navy after breaking and entering near a naval base, um, although his Navy record allowed him an honorable discharge. Soon after he, his dismissal from the Navy in 1992, his wife left him. Side story. Early 1990, Tashonda Bethra was 18. She was found dead in Barnwell, South Carolina, near a pond on April 1st. People in her hometown say that Wallace had a crush on her and that they had dated numerous times. He was questioned by the police regarding her disappearance and death, but was never charged with her murder. Also, he was questioned in connection with the attempted rape of a 16-year-old Barnwell girl, but again was never charged. Oh, no, I don't like that. In November 1991, he relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina. He moved back in with his mother and sister. His life in Charlotte was unstable. He was fired from several different restaurants, eventually ending up as a manager at the local Taco Bell. He also began smoking crack cocaine. That's never a good idea. Such a solid move in life. It's so, like, stereotypical. You manage Taco Bell and smoke crack. It could take place here. He impregnated one of his girlfriends in December of 1992. Keep in mind, his wife left him in 1992. Oh. It was during this time that Wallace crossed the line from burglary and drug use to murder. Wait, it wasn't with his ex-girlfriend that was found dead? They Stay tuned. They couldn't prove that. Stay tuned. Yeah. In 1992, he picked up Sharon Nance, a convicted drug dealer and prostitute. Sex worker. This is the quote from the article. Sorry. Should have changed that. Um, when she demanded payment for her services, Wallace beat her to death, then dropped her body by the railroad tracks on Roselle Ferry in Charlotte. She was found a few days later. Nope. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, honey. Oh, by the way, it's starting to get dark. Oh, honey. <laughs> now it's starting to get dark? <laughs> Ashley. On June 19th, 1992, Wallace let himself into his girlfriend's apartment using a key he had taken from her. Nope. Don't like that. Nope. <laughs> his girlfriend, Sadie McKnight, shared the apartment with Caroline Love, her co-worker at a local restaurant. Neither was home when Wallace let him in, but when Love did return, Wallace gave her a kiss on the cheek. Love is the friend. Wallace, yes. Okay. 
She told Wallace that if he promised to never do that again, she wouldn't say anything to his girlfriend about it. Wallace responded by putting her in a chokehold. He later described to the police as the, quote, Boston choke until she was barely conscious. He then dragged her to the bedroom, removed her clothes, and raped her while continuously applying the chokehold. Oh, When she began to struggle during the rape, he reached for the nearest object, a curling iron, and choked her to death with its cord. Oh, my God. He then wrapped her corpse in the bread sheets, stuffed her into a large orange garbage bag, and drug her out to his car unnoticed. Keep in mind, this is on an apartment complex. When I lived in an apartment, I kept myself, so that's not (laughs) too shocking for me. He then returned to the apartment and grabbed a roll of quarters and locked the door. He then drove his vehicle to Charlotte City Limits and dumped her body in a ditch. Dude. Sadie McKnight, this is Wallace's girlfriend, returned to her apartment that night and was contacted by Kathy Love, Caroline's sister. Kathy wanted to know if Sadie knew where Caroline was. Caroline's supervisor had been looking for her because she had missed a shift. McKnight did not know where Love was and realized that it was unusual for them not to check in with each other after so long. The two women eventually went to the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Station and filed a missing persons report. They were accompanied to the station by McKnight's boyfriend. Douche nozzled night rider. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this guy. There's the episode name. <laughs> Douche nozzle night rider. Um, investigators declared that Love's apartment bore suspicious signs, such as furniture that seemed disrupted during a scuffle, missing bed sheets, and a missing roll of quarters that were swapped out at work by her supervisor specifically to do her laundry. However, oh. her laundry hamper was full, so she had never gone out to do her laundry. But the investigation ended there. What? What? No interview with Wallace is recorded in the investigation. And Love was declared a missing person. Oh, no. Wallace returned to the spot where he dumped the body two days later. He described her body as being, quote, decayed to the point where she just looked like leather. Ew. Ooh. An (laughs) E.T. doll or something. He then returned a third time to find only bones. Whoa. Um, No longer having a roommate, McKnight moved in with her boyfriend. Now, is she the one who's pregnant? No. Okay. Seven months passed and Wallace continued to live with McKnight. On the afternoon of February 17th, 1993, Wallace paid a visit to Shauna Hawk, a teenager who had just returned from a community college. Hawk was slipping off her coat when she heard the doorbell. It was her manager from the Taco Bell she worked at. Oh, no. Henry Wallace. Oh, no. According to court records, Hawk let him in right away and the two chatted for about an hour. He appeared to have no difficulty gaining the trust of women who knew him. Feeling relaxed around her, Hawk didn't hesitate to tease Wallace when he described how he had been fighting with his girlfriend. And as he was leaving, he hugged her and told her that he wanted to be with her and to have sex with her. Nope. According to Wallace's confession, she reluctantly agreed. Oh, no. Leading her to the bedroom, Wallace told Hawk to remove her clothes. The girl was afraid and she began to cry. It did not stop him from having sex with her, even though she cried throughout. What a... Oh, my. Mm, I have a lot of choice words. PSA. Silence is a no. The end. And and, a no in tears that I would say be a no. Silence is a no. Eh, is a no. Anything but a yes is a no. Yeah. And PSA. (laughs) Afterwards, Wallace told her to get dressed and took her into the bathroom. Wallace put her in the same chokehold that he used on (gasps) Caroline Love. He already got what he needed. Why is he doing this? Soon, Hawk was unconscious. He then ran a bath, put her body in it, went upstairs, and took $50 out of her purse and left. 
Hawk's body was found by her boyfriend and mother. The autopsy revealed that the cause of death had been ligature strangulation. So strangulation with an object wrapped around the neck. The investigating officers interviewed co-workers, friends, and classmates, which turned up nothing. In the area of Charlotte-Mecklenburg, which is the county, in 1993, there were 122 reported murders and 350 rapes. Mm. Um, hundreds of people are reported missing annually, with many turning up between 24 to 48 hours later. And at the time of Wallace's activities, there were only seven investigators working full-time in the homicide department. So they were a little overwhelmed. I am never dating, and I am figuring <laughs> out how to acquire mail-order cats. The oh end. Cats. <laughs> Adopt, don't shop. Come on, you know this. <laughs> that's part of that's part of the requirements. Humane society doesn't you generally deliver. Yeah, but if you want, I know too much about adopting Maine Coons. Let's move on. <laughs> they don't mail them to you, though. I can figure it out. <laughs> about four months after Wallace murdered Hawk, he paid a visit to another young woman who had worked with him at Taco Bell, Audrey Spain. If you're not picking up on it, this guy is known as the Taco Bell Killer. Oh, you know, I like douchebag night writer, douche nozzle, night douche writer. nozzle night writer. Bain, who is 24, had just returned from a long vacation. Again, he was able to charm his way into the woman's apartment with his laid back attitude and smooth talking. I guess this was 93, but I'm thinking like if somebody I work with just like randomly shows up at my house and be like, dude, what the hell? Why Why are you just like randomly showing up? Well, here? from what I could tell, they were all kind of friendly too. Oh, okay. Like they all kind of hung out and everything okay. together. So it wasn't just like random. I mean, random. But, but to be fair, I work with Tiffany and if she just randomly showed up at my house, I'd be like, WTF, is Ashley not available? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Ashley? What happened? Wallace's drug use was escalating and crack wasn't cheap. He needed money. He thought Spain would have access to the safe at Taco Bell. Just the thought of robbing a Taco Bell to fuel your your crack addiction is kind of funny. I, I don't know why. It's Hey, just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's not busy, okay? And there's probably a lot of small bills that would not be easily traceable at Taco Bell. So, you know, if we're going to hit somewhere up, we could get a Chalupa oh my God. and some Benjamins. You would be the Chalupa. worst burglar. You'd be I'm like, like, give me all your money and a cheesy Gordito Crunch. <laughs> I want a Crunchwrap Supreme, no tomatoes. <laughs> and a Baja Blast. Oh, and, and my side chick, she wants this and this and this. <laughs> my side chick. I would be your side chick. <laughs> Tiffany would be in the kitchen gathering the food and I would be. I got the cheese. <gasps> oh my running God. out with a vat of nacho cheese. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. And then she would be caught in the parking lot, like eating it with her hands. Or pull a, uh, what's his name from the office? With the chili. Oh, no, <laughs> Kevin. The police pull in the parking lot and she's just like uh, uh, trying to scoop the nacho cheese back into it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love her being really happy about Dressed nacho in all cheese. black with the ski mask just like rolled up over her eyes. And she's <laughs> just like, uh, I thought I had the cheese. I Oh, God. The things I would do to a vat of cheese. All right. Moving on. Oh, golly. Totally derailed there. Mm. Wallace chatted with Audrey as they both got high and Spain let her guard down bit by bit. When they were done, Wallace threw her to the ground and demanded the combination to the safe at Taco Bell. She didn't know what the combination was, so he asked about her personal account. As she had just returned from vacation, there wasn't a lot of money in there. Wallace was frustrated, so he did what he does. Oh, no. And put the Boston choke on her. What? Uh, no. He dragged her to the bedroom and raped her. She was frightened and begged him not to hurt her. He continued to rape her and then ordered her to get dressed. When Spain turned her back, he put the chokehold on her again. As she lay unconscious, he tied a nightgown and a shirt to make a makeshift rope and strangled her to death. Oh, my God. 
This guy. He put Spain's body in the shower, washed off all evidence, and then put her body on the bed. On his way out, he stole her credit card. That's a terrible idea. That bad. No, don't do that. <laughs> that bad. <laughs> that no good. No. Please. No, thank you. So, obviously, Idiot. the similarities between his last two murders of Hawk, or excuse me, the murders between Hawk and Spain were very similar. Very striking. Um, both victims were young, black, attractive women who were killed in their homes. They both worked at the same Taco Bell and were both killed by ligature strangulation. They were also both robbed of insignificant amounts of money. The murderer washed off both of the bodies and both homes showed no signs of forced industry, industry <laughs> entry, indicating that the victim knew the murderer. The investigation into Spain's murder by the police, however, records no connection to any other recent murder in Charlotte. The case was considered unsolved. Six weeks passed and Wallace kept to his pattern and went to visit the home of Valencia Jumper, a friend of his sister's. Once again, he talked his way in, telling her that he needed to talk someone about a fight he had with his girlfriend. After talking for a while, he suggested that Jumper call McKnight, his girlfriend, mm -hmm. to tell her where he was. When she turned her back, Wallace choked her, dragged her into the bedroom, and raped her. He then choked her to death with a towel. Here's where things start to uh, switch up a little bit. According to his confession, he soaked her body in rum. Wait, what? Why? He then put some pork and beans on the stove and turned it on high. He took the battery out of her smoke detector, struck a match, and lit her body on fire. Oh, my God. He banana fostered her? Oh, wow. Rebecca. <laughs> Why? Flambe, I think is the word you're looking for. <laughs> that's not an escalation. That's going off the rails. I think he has been off the rails. I've killed Tiffany. <laughs> I died. Oh, no. That's bad to say right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, damn. <laughs> I handle all situations with humor, okay? That's why I'm here. <laughs> Sweet, innocent Rebecca. I what need, have we done to you? I needed that with this topic. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Never ordering dessert with you. <laughs> My diet is going to be on point next time we go out of town together. I'm just going to stick to this box of candy. <laughs> I haven't seen either of you order things on fire. It hasn't been an option. What's the next point on your <laughs> on your notes? Um, before leaving, he did take some jewelry off of her body, which he later pawned. Despite being troubled by tests showing that Juniper did not die of carbon monoxide poisoning, which is generally how someone actually dies in a fire. Yes. Or finding any evidence of inhalation through any suit suit stuff in her airways <laughs> county medical examiner michael sullivan ruled the cause of death to be thermal burns okay. saying that she was lit on fire so quickly that's what killed her oh, not okay. dying from smoke inhalation got or it anything that like because like if the pot had caught on fire on the stove yeah and she was passed out in bed she would have died from carbon monoxide poisoning or smoke inhalation versus the actual fire got it um, his decision effectively ruled the death accidental, although the victim's injuries were not consistent with an accidental death. He had ruled it undetermined. Her death would have prompted a more thorough investigation, uh, which may have shown Jumper's true cause of death, ligature strangulation. So if they had actually noted that it was not accidental, they would have done further research and realized that she didn't die from the fire. So at all. I'm mad at Wallace and mad at this police station yeah. who's not paying attention at all to anything. They well, also remember. might have realized that the batteries were out of the smoke detector. Well, remember, there are seven guys handling all and of the 
I don't condone what they did. Body was covered in rum. I that mean, might that might leave a smell. Also, so basically, a- they just did like a very very minor. I don't even think they did an autopsy. Yeah. I think they just did like a medical exam. Was this an apartment complex? I'm not sure because this one. I'm I'm not sure about what is this 1994. This by would this have been point? 93, 94. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the apartment complex is. I think we're been. actually still in 93. I don't think it probably wasn't F- because fire systems would have been a thing, right? No, I think it was a home because he okay. said that they were he removed the battery out of the smoke detector. Well, I mean, I could do that. But I'm saying it wouldn't have been like a sprinkler system. Fair. Because he was saying he yeah. disarmed the smoke detector. But anyway, so they just did basically a very minimal investigation because just like a little more investigation would have shown the strangulation yeah. marks, the battery being removed, the fact that she was literally covered in rum. At that time, they thought that the case was isolated because it didn't match... Yeah. The previous murders. Because he's escalating. And it wasn't a Taco Bell employee. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know what uh, Mr. Michael Sullivan had to say about it during the trial? Michael Sullivan? Who is a medical examiner that said that it was thermal burns? No, because he's a douche nozzle too. It was just a bad judgment call. Oh, on Ooh. what? Of not doing any further investigation into her death. No, sir. You get reprimanded now. I wish you would have been reprimanded then. Uh, he remains the county's medical. Oh my exam. god! Nope, don't like that. Don't like that. Why? Ashley, Why? Why are you gonna bring us facts we don't like? Because I found them and <laughs> thought they were interesting. Well, that's how we got phallic festivals. That's not a good reason. Uh, that's also why we have a show. Um, thanks for the wine. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought you might need this one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So five weeks later, on September 15th, we are still in 1993. Wow. Wallace okay. dropped in on Michelle Stinson, another friend from Taco Bell. Oh my God, I didn't even think about it. I stopped at Taco Bell on the way here. <laughs> that's why I have such bad heartburn. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's not sympathy heartburn it could be it also might have something to do with the fact that i laid like flat out on your floor for 45 minutes trying i had to take a lot a of candy and then had red wine and then more candy and i'm old and fat it's fine <laughs> that's not true it is on both accounts older you are the oldest i'm in right behind you i am you are not she is you're the yeah. baby you're the baby baby you're so sweet that's oh. why you do all this technology just fancy technology stuff for us we all three of us are millennials let's talk about wallace <laughs> <laughs> let's so he dropped in on michelle stinson a friend of his from taco bell she was 20 years old and had two sons ages one Mm-mm. and three Mm-mm. no you can skip past this one he doesn't do anything to the kids in this one uh, except for leave the motherless um after talking for a while according to his confession wallace gave her a hug and told her he wanted to be with her and to have sex with her and that she should take off her clothes she told him that she was sick so he demanded to see the medication she was taking and she couldn't find anything to show him so he then raped her on the kitchen floor and then put his infamous boston, boston. choke on oh. her but decided for some reason to run to the bathroom for a towel he attempted to finish the job with the towel, but she continued to fight yeah. for her life, basically. He then stabbed her four times in the back with a kitchen knife. Oh, no. Um, using a washcloth, he wiped his fingerprints from everything. A glass that the, he had been drinking out of, the phone, which somehow got ripped out of the wall, the door, the walls, the floors, everything. At some point, her son, her three-year-old son woke up and wandered into the <gasps> no. kitchen. Wallace blocked the body and told him to go back to bed and then fleed the apartment. He threw the knife and washcloth over the fence near the back of her apartment. Her two children, however, did discover Stinson's body when a visiting friend knocked on the door and the three-year-old told them that their mom was asleep on the kitchen floor. Uh, My heart is broken and shattered into a million pieces. Thank you. Would you like wine? I need to chuck my wine. 
Well, let me do this like last little note and we'll be at a perfect drink break and okay. you can chug okay. a look. So our good old buddy Sullivan determined that Michelle Stinson died from her stab wounds. Good job. Oh, this you, time print. Who did it? With right. ligature strangulation as a contributing cause. It is not known if the investigation conducted by the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department established that Wallace was a friend of Stinson, although everybody knew that he was. It did come up that she frequently ate at the Taco Bell where he worked, but no official connection was made. This is infuriating. So on this note, (laughs) now that I've made everyone very angry. Blah, blah, blah. Drink break. Let's go. Hey, guys. My name is Tara. And my name is Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast, Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal. Or murder. Join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. Is everyone libationed? I'm libationed, and I had a... um, I'm sorry, what? A train of thought during our drink break. You talk about his confessions to the police and Mm -hmm. all. So I know he gets caught at some point. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tone my anger down a little bit, but... Oh, I'm, I'm hot. Ooh, ooh, I'm hot. If you can see your hand, she's trying to tone it down, but they keep jumping back up. They do. They do. I just, I can't control them. Stop it. Quit it. Stop it. Jazz hands. <laughs> Calm down, Gus. Psych. I was like, this, what, your cat does that? Your cat has hands? <laughs> no, my cat just stares at me and judges me I'm harshly. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. <laughs> All right. So let's dive on back into this lighthearted, lovely, fun Oh, yippee Kaye, Motherfucker. At this point, there had been five deaths and disappearances in 15 months, all within a five-mile radius of inside of East Charlotte. That That's a lot. Actually. But wait, there's more. No. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> We're horrible people. <laughs> this predominantly black community was frightened and angry. Residents accused City Hall of a lackluster attitude towards the problem of 31% of Charlotte's population. Um, The police department had an emergency press conference. Hours before the conference, the department appointed Sergeant Gary McFadden as lead investigator. He had no previous involvement with any of the cases in East Charlotte, but he was black. Three things happened in the fall and winter of 1993 and 94 that may have kept Wallace from continuing his killing spree. Um, In response to the black community's indignation, the police increased patrols in East Charlotte. A second factor, those three months after raping and murdering Stinson, he fathered a baby girl, not by McKnight. And on February 4th, he was arrested for allegedly shoplifting. He was booked, given a court date, and released. However, he did not turn up for that court date and a warrant was issued for his arrest. However, there is no record of any attempt to actually apprehend him. So it's they're mostly just inconveniencing him and not following through with anything. Pretty much. This is a roller coaster of emotion right there. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> That's just you in general. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I got my shit together. 
I lost my spot. In a glass case of emotion. Perhaps after being arrested, it occurred to him that he had very little to fear from the authorities. They had him in handcuffs and let him go. They had no idea what he was doing. I said, what? Why? What? Mm. This is what Wallace was feeling. That is. So I'm concerned <laughs> because you have the two ladies from Taco Bell and he wasn't even questioned. And now the, I'm, I'm just I'm really concerned. But I like I said, he gets caught at some point because you have confessions to police. So I'm going to rein it in. Usa. Usa. Okay. So they had him in handcuffs. They let him go. They obviously had no idea what was going on. His modus operandi. I can never say that word. I don't know why I tried. He grew reckless and the murders <laughs> became even more violent. His emo changed. He got cocky and full of himself and started doing even stupider shit. And it got real dork. Oh, no. We're not at the real <laughs> dork part. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no. That's just my, my phrase for the day, okay. apparently. Buckle up. Um, his M.O. grew reckless and the murders became even more violent. On top of his growing, as Rebecca so beautifully coined it, cockiness and his drug addiction, he was jonesing but had no money. So he called on Vanessa Mack, the sister of one of his employees no. at Taco Bell. No. Again, according to his confession, he used his charm to chat with her for a while, and then he asked her for a hug. Uh, those hugs are not okay. And you see why I don't like hugs. She my refused. Hugs would, good. My hugs would never lead to my, this. My hugs would good. <laughs> I mean, my hugs would good. That too. Um, however, this time, Vanessa Mack, the victim, refused. Instead, he asked her for a drink. When she turned around, he brought out a pillowcase from under his shirt and choked her no! with it. Who just keeps that there? A murderer? Fair point. <laughs> you know, it's suspicious if you walk around with a gun and a knife, but a pillowcase. Under your shirt, it looks like you just didn't do your laundry correctly and separated them. Or you have something growing under there. I mean, I could fit a pillowcase under my Christmas sweaters very easily. True Woman? That. Want a hug? Oh, that's <laughs> not, not. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm bad. Ay, ay, ay. Can you put oh me on the God. Hell Express? Because I'm he on the He brought out a pillowcase from under his shirt and choked her with it. Yeah. He wanted her bank card and her code number. She gave him the code and he drug her into the bedroom and raped her. Again, after he was finished, he ordered her to get dressed and then strangled her with a towel. Leaving the apartment, he walked down the street and hailed a cab. He got out of the cab, walked to an ATM, but he couldn't take out any money with her card. She had given him the wrong code number. Smart girl. Her body was found by her mother the next morning. Sullivan determined the cause of death to be ligature strangulation. There was no report of the murder on the news that night. The investigation did not make a special note that Mac's sister worked at the same Taco Bell as Shauna Hawk or Audrey Spain. Two weeks more passed. He didn't get any money from his last victim, so he was still too broke to get high, and his crack addiction was now this new center of his life. Perhaps he thought that two weeks was long enough to wait before taking another victim, since her murder hadn't been reported on the news. On March 8th, Wallace went to an apartment complex of his friend Vernon Woods with the intention of robbing, raping, and murdering his girlfriend, Brandy Henderson. When he got there, Woods answered the door. Flustered, Wallace told him that he was leaving town for a while and came to say goodbye. Before leaving the apartment complex, he realized he knew someone else that lived there, Betty Bauckham, who worked with his girlfriend, uh, McKnight. Betty was the assistant manager at the Bojangles, where they both worked, and Wallace believed that she may have the key or the combination to the safe, so he went to her apartment door. When she answered the door, he told her that he needed to use her phone, and of course, it being one of her good friend's boyfriends, 
She didn't think anything of it. He pretended to look up a phone number until she turned her back and then he grabbed her. He demanded keys and the safe combination and the alarm code for the Bojangles. She resisted for over 30 minutes, refusing to give them to her. Nope, excuse me. Refusing to give them to him. Finally, she surrendered the combination and he stopped choking her. Balcom asked, why did you do that to me? He said he was sick and that he had hurt many people. According to his confession, she stood up and told him that she forgave him. She told him that he needed help. He grabbed her by the throat and pushed her to the floor. The pattern held. He dragged her to the bedroom, put a towel around her neck, choking her until she was almost unconscious, took off her clothes and raped her, told her to get dressed, demanded money in her purse, and then strangled her to death. I, this guy. Well, that was kind of smart on her part. What? As far when, as, oh, when, when like she tried to, to like, like engage him. him. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about the, um, where she was trying to refuse to give him the information. Because if it was me, I'd be like, bye, Bojangles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You want me to drive you there too, honey? That's, that's not what he actually wants. Well, no, he did. He wanted money so he could go get some crazy. He probably would have killed her anyway. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is when his new recklessness started to appear. He stole her TV and her car. He sold the TV, brought crack with the money. Um, he later then returned to her apartment and took her VCR and checked to make sure that she was still dead. Um, 12 hours passed and there was no time for an investigation between Bauckham's death and his next murder. He went back to the same apartment complex that night, knowing that his friend Vernon Woods would be at work and he could resume his original plan, the murder of Brandy Henderson. Two in one complex? In the same night. In the same night. Oh, dude. Pretending he had something to drop off for Woods, he got entry to the apartment. Uh, again, using his smooth talking tactics until she uh, with Henderson until she was relaxed. He asked for a drink and then attacked her from behind. Uh, many things went wa- wrong for Wallace during this murder. Um, he demanded money from her, but she said the only cash in the house was in a Pringle can filled with change. So he ordered her into the bedroom, forced her to disrobe. You're really not going to like this part, Tiffany, and I'm so, so sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Her infant son started crying. <gasps> oh, no. And she begged him to let her hold his, her son. He refused, but she continued. So he relented. With Henderson holding her baby son across her chest, he continued to rape her. The baby cried, so they moved into the room to keep it from crying. All the while, he continued to rape her. When he was finished, he told her to get dressed. She put the baby back in the crib. Wallace went into the bathroom, took a towel, and wiped the apartment free from his fingerprints, and then strangled Henderson to death. The baby cried loudly, so he panicked. He tried to give him a pacifier, but it didn't work. So he went to the bathroom and got a smaller towel. We're just going to leave it there. Um, Wallace took her TV and stereo and left. He sold them for $175, bought crack with money. The police were now scrambling. I hated this guy before. I know. But now I want him to rot in a million pits of fire. You broke a cardinal rule. I mean, it happens occasionally. I can't I can't just say like blanket statement, don't do this when we get recommendations and from people. For this one, it's kind of important because it was such a big change in his yeah. Yeah, MO. True. It kind true. of actually ended up being a somewhat good thing. I mean, I, I hate it. I hate it and like my guts are like I know jelly right now, but I get it. So in this case, I hate to say it's a good thing because that doesn't sound right at no. all. But so he, our our buddy Sullivan, determined that the ligature stri- strangulation was the cause of death in these most recent cases as well. But maybe because the Henderson murder followed the Mack murder by only two weeks, someone noticed that the two cases were similar. Two days after the Henderson murder, Sergeant McFadden, who was the new head of investigation, called a meeting of his detectives to compare notes. Only then did they learn that Betty Bauckham had been killed in the same apartment complex as Henderson. Only oh. then. Well, this was only, what, two days? I'm still judging them. Oh, I mean, 
Yes. Well, the investigations, but, they were called out at separate times and then probably different teams sent out to the investigations. Yeah. And yeah, this guy's actually trying to like, but they were like, put it together. Yeah, I get that. But they were like 20 before this. And I'm just mad at everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. This whole thing I agree. Sucks. Um, and they realized that the methods of Bauckham's murder matched uh, Henderson's and Max. The detectives approached the families of the three victims and asked them for a list of people that each woman might let into their apartments. Wallace appeared on all three lists. Good. FYI, mine would be zero. <laughs> Nobody comes to my door because you step on the first step at my porch and it sounds like we have a uh, herd of pit bulls. And that's just my chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> the pit bull is like, friend, friend, friend. <laughs> To be fair, she does have a very loud bark. So She does. And if anyone ever came across her, they would probably be terrified. So the next day on March 11th, Bauckham's stolen car was recovered. All fingerprints had been wiped from the steering wheel, gear shift, handle, seat, but not from the trunk. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yes. A handprint was taken that matched Wallace's. Oh, God, yes. McFadden ran his name to see if he had a rap sheet. He did. It contained burglaries, an armed rape, and an outstanding warrant for failing to appear on the charges from a month ago. Get him. Get him. Arrest him. him. A citywide hunt for Wallace began. Meanwhile, on the same day, Wallace was murdering his final victim. No. Deborah Slaughter used to work at the Bojangles with his girlfriend, McKnight. Wallace knew that she smoked crack and wanted to talk her into buying some with him. She no- told him that she needed her money for rent. Wallace then asked her for a drink. When she turned around, he put the towel around her neck. Um, at this point, she accused him of murdering Betty Balcom and Brandy Henderson. She probably figured it out a few hours before the police did. Wallace ordered her to give him head, and she said, I don't do that. You might as well go ahead and kill me. No. <laughs> Get it, girl. He tightened the towel and asked if she wanted to change her mind. She refused again, so he raped her. After he was done, he told her to get dressed, and he knew Slaughter well enough to know that she always kept a knife in her purse. He told her to empty it, kicked the knife away, and told her to give him everything in her wallet. He grabbed the knife. Slaughter gave him $40, smacked him, and then started to scream for the police. This woman. Wallace twisted the towel around her throat until she fell to the floor and started kicking loudly. He tried to sit on her legs to keep her from tipping off the downstairs neighbors. At some point, he stuffed a sock into her mouth, tied another towel around her neck, grabbed her knife, and stabbed her 38 times in the stomach and chest. (sighs) He then took the money that Slaughter had given him and left. He returned a few hours later. Why? With a glass pipe and crack. He smoked the pipe in her bathroom. When he was done, he grabbed a, th- a Chicago White Sox jacket, a baseball cap, a butcher knife, and then left. He threw all three items away when he was leaving her apartment. The next day on March 12th, Wallace was arrested again. By then, he had killed nine women. For 12 to 14 hours, he confessed to the murders of the nine women in Charlotte. He described in detail the women's appearances, how he raped, robbed, and killed them, and was drug addiction. Charlotte's police chief congratulated Wallace's arrest, reassuring the community that the women of Charlotte were saved. However, many in the area's black community criticized the police conduct during the investigation, accusing them of neglecting the murders of black women. As Shauna Hawk's mother, Dee Sumter, said, the victims weren't prominent people with social status, they weren't special, and they were black. Charlotte's police chief, Dennis Nowicki, said that he was not aware of a killer until early March 1994, when three young black women were murdered within four days of each other. Um, The police department apologized to his residents for not spotting a link among the murder sooner. However, they said the murder case is varied enough to throw them off of the trail. Until his murder pace picked up in the early weeks of March 1994, the deaths were sporadic and not entirely similar. 
uh, uh, they're pretty similar. Yeah, they were. They um, malarkey. Bull granted, malarkey. we did not know exactly how similar until he confessed. True. All they knew is that they were strangled. That is fair. And raped. It was the week of March 9th, 1994. The Charlotte police warned the people that there was a serial killer on the loose. One young lady said that the police did not care because the police viewed the young female murder victims as, quote, fast girls who like to hang out a lot. That has nothing to do with your right to uh, live. Right. Absolutely. Um, the victims were described by both the press and family members as pretty hardworking and serious young women. Others said the reason why the police did not take the murder cases seriously was because the women were both working class and black. He told the officers that he felt, quote, like a big burden has been lifted. Wallace went on trial in September of 1996 and was pronounced guilty on January 7th, 1997. Jim Cooney, his defense attorney, said, quote, Henry Wallace's life is full of holes. He was born into terrible circumstances, circumstances most of us can't relate to. For a while, he was able to overcome those circumstances. Then the darkness inside of those holes overcame him. That is, nope. Nope. He's just a piece of shit. I don't understand how people can be like especially when they openly confess how could you still be a defense attorney for that person i mean a court appointed you kind of have to i couldn't do it i couldn't either um on january 29th 1997 he was given nine death sentences he is currently on death row in raleigh north carolina currently since being incarcerated wallace has confessed to killing other women he claims to have committed murders while stationed in the army or excuse me stationed around the world during his time in the navy if true these new murders would bring his death toll to almost 20. Wow. On June 5th, 1998, Wallace married prison nurse Rebecca Torahan. Don't like that. Nope. Who was 23 years his elder. Nope. They were married in the room next to the execution chamber. Wallace has not yet received an execution date. I have a lot. Mm, okay, hold on. 94. Uh. He was... He wasn't even 30 years old and killed 20-something people. Well, has confessed to killing 20-something right. uh, people. I just, I have a lot of anger. <laughs> this was a fascinating case. Very rage-fueled. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I am very glad that they finally got justice for those women. I'm very glad that new police chief stepped in and... Right? Yeah. Ugh. But, um, Jesus. Ooh. Ooh. I got some anger. I'm sorry. It was the Taco Bell strangler. I think I said the Taco Bell murderer earlier. Douche nozzle night rider. Night rider. Yes. 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 Douche nozzle night rider. <clears throat> Actually, night rider's too cool for him. Douche, Douche nozzle, nozzle pipe rider. Yes. There we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rewrite the history books. Just well, rewrite it. Well, now that we're angry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank I you have for that bringing effect on people. No, I appreciate. I think I'm fascinated by true crime. And I think this was a super fascinating case, minus one part that we're going to pretend never happened. But yeah, but kudos. Thank you. I'm doing my bowels without actually bending over because my heartburn is so intense right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, starting off the year with a bang. I was a or a string. Oh, if you oh, would. Oh, Ashley, you're dark. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Bananas foster. <laughs> I, I revert to humor under stress. <laughs> the Taco Bell flambeer. Well, remember, <laughs> friends, <laughs> on that note. 
everyone has something that they find odd, let us tell you why it's not. Or why it is. This one's odd. This is an odd one. <laughs> not <laughs> odd. It's just it's fucked up. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye. Bye. Bye.